Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions. The Rams offense took a hit on Wednesday. Plus, what number is the right number for the amount of teams in the college football playoff? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. For the first time in half a century, the Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions again, and this time it was because Giannis and Tedekumbo hung half a hundred on the Phoenix Suns in a 105-98 win. The Bucks win in six, and they are NBA champions. Joining me now from Locked On Bucks, Kane Pittman and Kane. This is a game that right from the start, Giannis looked bound and determined to go get his team a win. What stands out from you from this performance from Giannis? Yeah, I mean, you pointed to it. I mean, the thing that stands out to me directly is the free throw shooting, right? I mean, I don't know Mm. where this lies in terms of clutch performances in the NBA Finals history. In In the history of the NBA, I'm not sure, but to go 17 to 19 from the line after all the struggles he's had with everything riding on this performance tonight is just incredible. And we've seen it all series long. The Suns really didn't have an answer to Giannis, but they needed every single one of those 50 points tonight. This, to me, looked like an extremely anxious and tight Milwaukee team for good reason. You pointed to it. They're about to win their first title in 50 years, and they needed their superstar to stand up and keep them in the game through the first three quarters, and he did that. Just a, just an incredible performance. And, I mean, we've run out of things to say about this guy after this postseason run. Just absolute. It's hard to find the words, as I said. I mean, he's just been so damn good. He has been, and this comes on a night when Drew Holiday shoots four for 19, Chris Middleton shoots six for 13, and I think if we had gone into this game and and I had said that, you'd be like, yeah, Giannis probably has to score 50, and he did. What does it say to you about his evolution as a player this postseason? He's just not afraid. I mean, this is something that we knew about Giannis, but it's something that's been on display uh, relentlessly throughout this postseason round. He's not afraid. He's not afraid to fail. He's not afraid to get to the free throw line. He's not afraid to shoot that jump shot when it pre- is presented to him, which he did a number of times tonight, not only hitting the three, but hitting a bunch of mid-ranges again in really, really important stages. So I think that's what separates Giannis. That's what makes him great. It's a very, very, very rare traits to be able to uh, put yourself consistently in positions to fail and not be afraid of what the result is going to bring. We saw that in so many different examples right throughout the series, but particularly in this game six when everything was on the on the line. And again, uh, for anyone that ever had any questions about this guy, they have been completely erased in this NBA finals, a historic run. You mentioned the questions about Giannis. There are in this strange COVID season with all the injuries and, and all of the obstacles that these players and teams had to overcome, there are there are going to be some who will say, okay, yeah, but, and they'll say asterisk or whatever. Does this punctuation performance from Giannis and the finals that he has, do you think that that puts to rest any of those questions? 
I mean, there shouldn't be any questions anyway. I mean, every single season you look at it and you'll look at different anomalies that happen. There'll be different injuries, whatever it is. I mean, there's, there's no question marks on this. This is a championship. This is their first one in 50 years. And as far as Giannis goes, he answered everything. He answered everything. They went through Miami. They went through Brooklyn. They went through Atlanta and then got through the Phoenix Suns. And and look, full credit to the Suns. I mean, there's no one watching this series that is going to walk away and lose any respect for the Suns or should be able to discredit what the Bucs did to pull this series out after going down 2-0 because that's a hell of a basketball team. And I thought the way that they continually responded in this game was indicative of the matchups that we've seen from these two teams during the season. But no, I, I, I can't see any way that anyone would look at this and question this championship or question this performance from Giannis. Uh, all the questions that they had over the Bucs at the start of the season, whether it's player personnel, whether it's uh, the, the point guard position with the trade for Drew Holiday, Giannis' ability to dominate a playoff series, the coaching of Mike Budenholzer, they've all been answered. I just want to add, I'm from Milwaukee. I grew up in Milwaukee, and I started going to games to see Michael Jordan, not the Milwaukee Bucks. To say that this team has come a long way in that period of time, is an incredible understatement, and Giannis has done the same. They built an arena in Milwaukee for Giannis, a kid who slept at times in gyms in Greece while he was chasing his dream. They built that arena, Pfizer Forum, in an area of Milwaukee that had been essentially blighted for decades and turned it into a beautiful, vibrant hub of life and activity in a city that craved it. A city where 60,000 people waited outside the arena to watch the Bucks win the first title in two generations. What happened in Milwaukee tonight had never happened in the history of Milwaukee sports. The Brewers, when they were the Braves, won their lone title in New York, and the Bucks, when they won their title, finished their championship in Baltimore. Milwaukee had never won a title in Milwaukee. A little over a year ago, they refused to play an NBA playoff game in protest over the shooting of an unarmed African-American man by the police. Just a short drive 30, 40 minutes, depending on traffic, from that arena. Giannis, their superstar, embraced the opportunity to be the face of Milwaukee, to be a part of that community, and it is only right that they would win that title, this title, for this city, with this team in Milwaukee. Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, the Rams' offense took a huge hit. That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Chris Paul found his offense in Game 6, but he was just no match for Giannis and his 50. Brendan Clean here with Locked On Phoenix Suns, and Suns fans know how hard it is to get to this point. Uh, only happened a couple of other times in franchise history, the Suns losing in six games to the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals. Um, it's one of those nights that I think people will remember. I think this team has been magical. I think everybody has enjoyed every second of this unexpected run. I know that I have. I know the Suns fans in my life have, but 
Uh, they, 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 the, the Suns fans who have lived through the past 28 seasons since the last one know um, they can be hard to come by and all the memories that were made uh, not getting even to this point. And I don't think that quite makes it sing less um, for the fans that were hoping this would be the one. Um, but nevertheless, uh, two seed, a final berth, a 2-0 series lead, growth from every single part of this roster and a foundation laid. And that's um, not something many NBA franchises can say. That's something to feel great about and something that will make the Suns a force to be reckoned with next season. Nick Saban hasn't officially named Bryce Young the Alabama starting quarterback, and yet Saban says that Young is already approaching $1 million in endorsement deals. According to reports, Saban told the Texas High School Coaches Association convention on Tuesday that Young, a sophomore, is due to make ungodly numbers. Those are Saban's words. Saban told The Athletic, and it's like the guy hasn't even played yet, but that's because of our brand. Aaron Rodgers turned down a two-year extension offer from the Green Bay Packers this offseason, sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter. The deal, according to the reporting, would have tied the reigning MVP to the Packers for five more seasons and made him the highest paid quarterback and player in football. And I think a lot of people can be forgiven for not understanding at this point what Aaron Rodgers is looking for, what he wants. And one of the reasons is he just hasn't told us. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for this month on betonline.ag. The NBA draft is less than three weeks away, and the first overall pick might be a lock, but you can still bet on it. The betonline.ag line for the first pick has Cade Cunningham as a minus 2,500 favorite with Evan Mobley at 10 to 1 underdog, Jalen Green 10 to 1, Jalen Suggs 14 to 1, Jonathan Kaminga at 20 to 1. For all your MLB, Olympic golf lines, all kinds of other things that you can bet on right now at betonline.ag, they have you covered. Sign up today for a free account and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. Football is back at training camps, gets set to open around the league, but unfortunately, that means the return of serious injuries and the Rams falling victim to it. We found out on Tuesday, Cam Akers suffered an Achilles injury and he is going to miss this season. Obviously, was going to be relied on as an engine of this offense in 2021. Joining me now from Locked on Rams, Sosa Kermendris and Sosa, what does this loss change about the Rams offense this season? Yeah, so this is a big loss. Obviously, you look at Cam Akers as one of the guys that I think was earmarked for quite a big role in this offense. I mean, we're talking about a potential bell cow, which is now going to fall on the shoulders of Daryl Henderson, who was supposed to be the running back too. But I do tend to think that at the end of the day, you know, even looking back to last year, there was that early season injury from Cam Akers. I believe it was a rib injury that knocked him out for a few weeks. Henderson stepped in and pretty much didn't really skip a beat when we talk about the offense and their production. And he proved that actually he could carry that bell cow role. And of course, they are going to mix in some other guys. I think they're going to try to keep Henderson as fresh as possible throughout the duration of the season. But at the end of the day, you know, anytime you lose a talent like Cam Akers, you're going to feel it in the offense. But I do tend to believe with the you know, talent that Henderson brings to the table, as well as some of the other guys that they have in that locker room that they should be able to suffice for the most part. But I do think that at the end of the day, again, 
you know, you will lose something when Akers isn't out there on the field, unfortunately. Also, isn't this what they got Matthew Stafford for specifically so that when he needs to, he can carry the offense? Absolutely. And I think that's part of the reason why, you know, maybe I'm not so concerned about the running game right now is because, you know, Stafford is a big upgrade over Jared Goff, in my opinion, and not only in the way they play, but, you know, how they attack defenses. You're going to have a quarterback that's a lot more interested in actually pushing the ball downfield, which is obviously, you know, going to lighten up some box counts and things are going to probably be a little bit easier for the running game. So a little bit less is going to be relied on in terms of those guys. But like you mentioned as well, you know, Matthew Stafford, this is a guy who's used to not really having many productive running backs or running games over the course of his 12 years in the NFL in Detroit. So, you know, this is going to be nothing new to him. But I do think that even that upgrade at quarterback should make the running backs job a little bit easier this season. The other part of this is Cam Akers was a somewhat traditional back. He could do some of the other stuff. Darrell Henderson, you know, he is someone who I, I think could be a bigger factor in the passing game. Could we see them make some tweaks to the offense to accommodate some of those personnel changes? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they go about these changes now, because like you mentioned, Akers, I think maybe the biggest thing that he brought to the table outside of his talent, of course, was, you know, the fact that he could do a little bit of everything and he was solid in every aspect of the running back position. Now, Henderson, on the other hand, I think is probably a bit better of a slasher in terms of his running ability. But, you know, there's going to be question marks about can this guy pass protect? And then, of course, like you mentioned, he's also a pretty decent receiver in that regard. So uh, in terms of what they're going to change, I'm assuming that the running game is probably going to remain mostly the same. Uh, maybe a few more targets in the passing game to other to other guys like Xavier Jones, for example, some of the backup running backs. But, you know, for the most part, I think right now the Rams are just really going to have to find somebody that they can rely on in third down pass pro situations because I don't feel like there's anyone currently on the roster that's really proven themselves in that regard. How many teams is the right amount for the college football playoff? Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bar has nine delicious regular flavors coconut coconut almond cherry raspberry mint brownie peanut butter brownie double chocolate and salted caramel plus limited time flavors which in my experience basically always just go hard and i have to be honest in general i am not a chocolate with fruit fan but the raspberry the cherry they're awesome and that is before we get to coconut, coconut almond, which are just, they're incredible. When I say the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, that's not just a clever marketing phrase, and it is, it's real. The coconut almond is my favorite candy bar right now. It's unbelievable that they're able to do this and still have it be high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar. Whatever they're doing, it is a miracle. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. At this point, when I see a headline made by Dabo Swinney's comments, I'm just sort of like, keep it. But this time, he gave us an opportunity to have what I think is going to be an interesting discussion. He said, our team isn't for it, talking about the college football playoff expansion of 12 teams. They don't want to play more games. And to be honest with you, I don't think there's 12 teams good enough. That last part 
is what I'm particularly interested in joining me now from Locked on Tar Heels, Locked on ACC, Candace Cooper and Candace. I sort of agree on the 12 teams part of this, but everyone agrees four teams is not enough. So what is the right number for the college football playoff? Well, see, I'm all for 12 teams because I think at the end of the day, if you're not the champion as it stands right now currently, you really can't make the say-so, right? So I think that the fact that Clemson is trying to throw their thoughts out there, let's hear what Nick Saban has to say. If Nick's not for it, maybe I would consider. But I think that we need to have 12 teams because I want, I want to just see how it works. Maybe let's try with 12 because four has been the one that everyone gets upset about. And then if we have to cut it down to eight, fine, so be it, whatever. Whatever works for the group. But I, at the end of the day, I'm all for Dabo making crazy statements. But I just <laughs> thought it was going to be different. <laughs> I thought he was going to come out swinging. But I think this is a deflection because he all he knows what's coming in the next few days. We have ACC kickoff coming up here on Wednesday and Thursday. And he knows that he's going to have to answer for those comments about the NIL and name, image, and likeness. So he's like, let me just throw something else out here. So everyone gets distracted by that. And it's like, no, 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 no. You know, us people here in the North Carolina, South Carolina area very much remember, and we're going to hold your feet to the fire when it comes to that. Anyone thought that the last four years was the last time we were going to see someone deploy that tactic? They were wrong. Uh, The thing about this, I bet I can give you Nick Saban's thoughts, right? He doesn't want to play more games to prove that he has the best team in football because the more games that his team has to play, the more chances the ball doesn't bounce just the right way. Of course, Dabo Swinney feels this way because he'd much rather win two games to be the national champion than three, four, and who knows how far this could go. It's the top teams that are always saying, no, no, matter of fact, let's just have, let's go back to the old way. Let's just have two teams. Yeah. Whereas if you're one of those other teams in in the sort of second tier, you're the ones going, let's make it eight, let's make it 10, let's make it 12. Plus, when I look at this, I see a whole group of teams usually below. There's one or two teams, maybe three at the top, right? But then there's this whole mess of teams and that team changes year to year. It was North Carolina not long ago. And to me, it opens up opportunities for those kinds of programs. Yeah, yeah. I think it also opens up the doors for those group of five, those Cincinnati's of the world. Those, uh, If we have, what is my team, Coastal Carolina, right, trying to have the opportunity just to be in the conversation. Let's just see. Why not? Let's throw it to the wind, especially with last year. We were like, COVID, what else? Let's make some magic happen. But even more now, at least showed that those teams deserve a fighting chance. And I think it, it makes better for college football. It always gets boring after a while to see the same team win. I know we talked about the the um, women's college basketball forever. UConn, in fact, they were dominating, got boring. Now you see almost a new champion every other year. Why not? Let's give this a try in college football. It would be for more enjoyment. And almost, I'm honestly tired of seeing Notre Dame get whooped the wheels off. Let's have a different team do it. <laughs> let's have somebody else. That's all tea, all shade to them. But like, let's see somebody else do it. And finally, New York Jets assistant coach Greg Knapp is battling life-threatening injuries suffered in a bicycle accident Saturday near his home in Danville, California. Knapp, who is 58, was struck by a single motorist at approximately 2.49 p.m., according to San Ramon Police Department. Knapp was preparing to head east for the start of training camp. The Jets' rookies reported Tuesday with the full squad due July 27th. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up Thursday, what is Chris Paul's legacy now? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.